The title of this teaching is called Nominal or Phenomenal. Looking at believers, their life, not their ministry, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ myself, as a disciple and follower of Jesus, as someone who is following the way of the Lord, I have discovered that you can choose to be nominal and thus insignificant in impact and a Christian in name only, or you can choose to be phenomenal, extraordinary, exceptional, unusual, and out of the ordinary, having a major impact for the king and the kingdom on those around you. You choose the box that you have created for yourself to live in with self-imposed limitations and boundaries, or the adventure that God calls you to live, which is without limitations, without boundaries, because all things are possible with God. It's your choice, nominal or phenomenal. And here's what I know for certain. God wants us to be phenomenal and not nominal. God desires his people to be supernatural and not to just walk in the natural. And God wants believers to be extraordinary and not simply ordinary. The Bible states that when you and I were born again, 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, in other words, born again, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. In other words, we are totally new creatures, unseen before on the planet. The domain of darkness was where we used to live, and now we live in the kingdom of light, the kingdom of Jesus. Once we were walking by sight, now we're walking by faith. Once we were living in the flesh, now we're living in the spirit. When we are born again, we move from nominal to phenomenal, we moved from ordinary to extraordinary, and we moved from natural to the supernatural. But this does not seem to always be the case. At least it's not always an apparent reality in the life of most Christians. And so looking at the problem as to why Christians have continued to live in the nominal and have not chosen to be phenomenal, Looking at the problem of the fact that we are still ordinary and not extraordinary, that we're still walking in the natural and not the supernatural, I believe that the reason for that is that we have built a comfortable box for ourselves within which we live a comfortable, safe, and secure life. We have allowed the world to so influence us that it has literally formed our pattern of thinking and thus our lifestyle. In other words, we have allowed the world to define what is normal in the Christian life. And I believe that at times we have permitted the church to impact our lives and mold us into its religious image. We have allowed religion to tell us how to live. And as a result, we have boxed God in and we have limited what God can do and does do in and through us. The Bible states, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold, but let God, that's something we should do, let God, that's Romans 12, 2, in the Phillips version, 
And I always add in my mind and in the margin of every Bible that I have used, and don't let the world around you or religion squeeze you into its own mold. When we allow our own desire for comfort, safety, and security, when we allow the world's ways, when we let religion, the church, dictate how we live, we end up as a nominal believer and not a phenomenal disciple of the Lord. Our actions, our thoughts, our words, our attitude, our lifestyle must be formed by God's Word and led by God's Spirit. Our lives must be built upon the rock, not upon sifting sand. If you, want, if you know the story in Matthew 7, verses 24 to 27, the rock being God's Word, God's way, the sifting sand being our desires, the ways of the world, the flesh, the culture, the church. Here is what God says in his word as he addresses this issue in the life of his people. Here is what God says as he encourages disciples of the Lord to live a life that is phenomenal and not nominal. Here is what God is saying as he addresses this problem. And I'm reading Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, from the Message Version. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God, and you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you developing well-formed maturity in you. You would recognize it in the regular version that you read, and it reads, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God wants each of us to be shaped and formed by His Word, not by our desires, not by the world's ways, and not by the rules and regulations of religion. God wants each of us to be radical revolutionaries for Jesus, not just followers of Jesus at a distance, but someone who will not settle for normal. Folks, normal is a setting on the dryer. God wants us to be someone who is passionate about Jesus and seeks first the kingdom of God, someone who won't give up, let up, or shut up, until they get up, rise up, and take up all who Christ wants them to be. A follower of Jesus is going to be phenomenal, never nominal. The world and religion will call you a fanatic. That's okay. In fact, that's good. A fanatic is someone who loves Jesus more than you do. So let them call us fanatics. However, when you are a follower of Jesus, you will be phenomenal and no longer nominal. 
you will be extraordinary, exceptional, unusual, out of the ordinary, and not ordinary. And Jesus wants each of his disciples, each of his followers, each of his apprentices to be phenomenal, extraordinary, exceptional, different, unusual, unique, powerful, radical, revolutionary. And he wants us to impact the world, yes, the whole world, for Jesus. But you can choose not to be phenomenal and to be simply nominal or normal by the world's standards. Ordinary, a fine citizen, a nice person. David Duplessis, who was known as Mr. Pentecost, he was a phenomenal disciple of the Lord. He once said, I'd rather tone down a fanatic than try to raise the dead. My comment is, it's easier to tame a wild stallion than drag a dead horse. And looking at the church in general, I would say we have a number of dead horses. And you know something? Rick Warren says, when a horse is dead, dismount. Today's church has been given a strain of Christianity that I would call almost Christian. It masquerades as genuine Christianity, but it's simply nominal Christianity. Christian in name only. And as a result, many see today's church as somewhat insignificant, irrelevant, worldly, powerless, impotent, what we would call normal, as it is all that many have ever known. And what God calls nominal, as it is certainly not phenomenal in any way, and not what he planned for the church. So you have to choose. What do you want to be? Normal? Because you fall into what the church is today and seems to have expected us to be today? Do you want to be nominal? Or do you want to be phenomenal? The church could be phenomenal. The church could be extraordinary, exceptional. The church could be unusual, different, out of the ordinary. The church could be spectacular, supernatural, the hope of the world, the light in the darkness, life transforming. And Christians could also be phenomenal and no longer nominal, no longer insignificant in impact, and a Christian in name only. But for that to happen, we have to make a choice. Looking at the future, God is looking for a group of people who want to be phenomenal for him. People who want to redefine normal. People who want to go from nominal to phenomenal. God is looking for people who are not happy with almost Christian. Almost Christianity. People who want to live with passion. God is looking for people who want to change the world one life at a time. Almost Christian is not going to work. It never has. You know, almost is never good enough. In soccer, almost a goal is not good enough. Almost winning the lottery is not good enough. Almost married is not married. You go to your doctor's office because of a serious medical issue in your life, 
and the certificate on the wall states almost passed his medical exams. Well, that's not good enough. We need to move from almost to altogether. And we would say to that doctor, supposed doctor, get it together. Get it all together. Pass the exams and then call yourself a doctor. Christianity today needs to get it all together and then call itself a force to be reckoned with. The church needs to once again become phenomenal as it first was and recorded as recorded in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts you see that the church is extraordinary, different, supernatural, unusual, powerful, out of the ordinary, fanatical, world changers, radical, revolutionary. A phenomenal church filled with phenomenal disciples would be a group of people hearing God's voice daily, following Jesus with passion and purpose, walking by faith, not by sight, able to speak to the mountains, moving in power, walking in miracle signs and wonders, speaking the truth in love, witnessing to non-believers with miracles and signs and wonders following, winning the lost. A phenomenal church would be making disciples, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, walking in authority, healing the sick, casting out demons, raising the dead, rescuing the lost and the least and the last, loving the unlovable. A phenomenal church would be moving prophetically, speaking truth into situations and circumstances, individuals and nations, going into all the world, filled with and flowing in the Spirit, knowing the mind of Christ, overcoming fear, walking in boldness, a phenomenal church and believers who are phenomenal would be working the word, taking up their cross daily, living sacrificially, challenging convention and what others consider to be normal and okay. We would be uninhibited, no longer people pleasers, no longer fearing man or what others think, not politically correct, no longer insecure no longer denying the truth and living a lie, not silent in the face of opposition, not fearing failure, willing to try, working as ambassadors of Christ, ministers of reconciliation in the world. We would be part of the true priesthood of all believers, a royal priesthood, honoring God in all aspects of life, a holy nation within the nations, we would be phenomenal Christians, fanatics, believers loving one another and embracing the world. Tell you a, let me tell you a true story. It was September the 15th, 1999. There was a church in the southeast of the United States that had a See You at the Pole rally. At this rally, there were multiple churches that had gotten together with predominantly youth along with some parents and a few pastors. And a man walked in on the rally with a gun. Someone yelled, Get down! The gunman shot the guy who had shouted and soon shot four others. 
Two were dead immediately. Three were critically wounded. As he was walking through the crowd with his gun, he said, Your religion is blankety-blank. And all of a sudden, one young man named Jeremiah stepped out. And the moment the man spoke against Jesus Christ, this young man, Jeremiah, said, No, sir, our religion is not blankety-blank. And then the gunman walked right over to him and said, What did you say? And put his gun right up to the young man's head. Jeremiah answered back to him, What you really need is Jesus Christ. As the gun was still on Jeremiah, he continued to say, You can shoot me if you want. I know where I'm going. I'm going to heaven. And you will still need Jesus Christ. Jeremiah's youth pastor was on the ground, grabbing his leg as if to say, Get down, get down. And all of a sudden, the youth pastor heard a loud shot. Bam! He was fully expecting that Jeremiah would fall right there into his arms. He lifted up his head, and what happened was tragic. The gunman took the gun off of Jeremiah, and sadly, he used it on himself. Here's the truth about this kid, Jeremiah, and this is astonishing. He had only recently given, given his heart to the Lord, only recently had become a born-again disciple of the Lord Jesus. Folks, he was phenomenal, not nominal. He was radical, and he was a revolutionary. A hundred years plus ago, the missionary John Mott prophesied, the worldwide proclamation of the gospel awaits accomplishment by a generation which shall have the obedience, courage, and determination to attempt the task. Those who, like Jeremiah, want to be phenomenal and just not nominal. So looking at the problem, as I see it, as an apostle, I think the issue is that believers today do not want to appear different than their neighbors. They want to fit in with the world in which they live. They live as people-pleasers. They are afraid to appear to be different. We seek, want, we need approval and acceptance from others, and not just from God. And we want to be politically correct, tolerant of everyone's views and beliefs. And so we compromise our Christian beliefs to cater to other people's demands and other people's preferences. And we end up living by the world's standards. And we cause our message to have little impact because our lifestyle does not line up with our words, does not line up with our beliefs, does not line up with what we say we believe and preach. I have discovered that people who live by the world standard and for world's approval cannot be anything but nominal Christians. They will always be Christians in name only. Living for worldly approval and to fit in means you are what the Bible calls a people pleaser. People pleasers believe four things. Number one, that they must be popular and well-liked by everyone. And that's an issue of acceptance 
instead of resting in the knowledge and assurance that God accepts them unconditionally. So they looked at people to accept them, and therefore they have to be a people pleaser. Second thing, that they must not upset people as they want everybody to be happy and to like them. Thirdly, that they must have people think well of them or else they have failed. In other words, people's opinion, people's possible opinion of you, is all important, when really only God's opinion matters. And fourthly, people, people pleasers believe that they must do everything possible not to be rejected. And folks, even Jesus didn't succeed in doing that, and he was certainly rejected. To be phenomenal for God, and not just nominal, a Christian in name only, we must not focus on being popular and well-liked. We must not focus on trying to make people happy. That's not our job. We must not focus on having people think well of us, and we must not focus on the possibilities of being rejected. Just settle for it. You will be. All of these tendencies need to be overcome and forgotten. To be phenomenal, you must refuse to stay in normal mode. Don't let the world's cultural wisdom squeeze you into its mold. Romans 12.2, don't let the world around you squeeze, you squeeze you into its own mold, but let God do what God does best, transform us, change us. And again, I always add in my mind, do not let the world around you or religion squeeze you into its own mold. To be phenomenal, you must not allow the world's politically correct agenda to influence you. To be phenomenal, you cannot allow others to tell you what to say and do. To be phenomenal, you must base your life on the book, the Holy Bible, and become what it says you are to be, and to do what it states you are to do, and actually can do as you partner with the Holy Spirit. So looking at our choices that are before us, we can be nominal or phenomenal. We can be living, passionate stones, 1 Peter 2.5, or stone cold. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 12, Matthew 24, 12 warns us, as Jesus prophesies, because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. And the people he's talking about there are the Christians, because it says most people's agape, love will grow cold. And the only people who have agape love are the believers because Romans 5.5 5 says that when we were born again, God pours his agape love into us. So Matthew 24.12 says, because in the world lawlessness is increased, in the church most people's God love will grow cold. They will be stone cold or nominal. Or we can be living stones and phenomenal. And I need to tell you that Satan wants us to be stone cold towards God, as that means believers will be Christians in name only and will live nominal Christian lives and not bother Satan. Satan wants us to become the temperature of the culture that surrounds us, cold-hearted and spiritually dead. And God wants us to be living stones, spiritually alive and active, 
First Peter 2.5 says, You also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. The message version of 1 Peter 2.5 says, Present yourselves as building stones for the construction of a sanctuary vibrant with life in which you'll serve as holy priests offering God-approved lives up to God. There are only two choices. You can't be half-hearted. You can't park in the middle between hot and cold. God does not give us the option to be tempted or moderate or indifferent or unenthusiastic or lackadaisical or lukewarm. In Revelation chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, God says, I know your deeds, but you're neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were either hot or cold. So because you are lukewarm, tempted, moderate, indifferent, unenthusiastical, unlackadaisical, lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm going to spit you, and the real word there is vomit you, out of my mouth. So there are only two choices. We can be hot or cold. We can be nominal or phenomenal. So what's the solution? Well, looking at the solution, I would say there are three things we need to think about and do. Number one, each believer needs a fresh experience with the living God. When you were born again, you encountered God in the words and actions of Jesus Christ. You discovered love, acceptance, and forgiveness. And you need a fresh, new encounter with God, seeing Him in fresh and new ways, new spiritual ears and eyes. You need to fall in love with Jesus all over again, but better than it was the first time. So, to become nominal, go from nominal to phenomenal, we need a fresh encounter or a fresh experience with Jesus. Secondly, each believer needs to take a fresh look at who they really are in Christ. In other words, find the real you that God created you to be. So take a new look at yourself without all the religious trappings, without all this influence from the world. A new look inside your heart that will help you to see and will reveal your true identity to you so that you know who you are, who God created you to be, and what God created you to do. So you need a fresh vision of who you are and how God sees you. And it's so different than what's being lived on the outside in your life right now. And then thirdly, you need to make some key decisions and step up to the plate. You need to be ready to go to bat for Jesus with fresh faith. So a fresh encounter, a fresh vision, now fresh faith. Step out in faith, believing God, being obedient to everything he speaks. Fresh faith must rise up within you as you follow him, who is the author and finisher of your faith. So a fresh encounter or experience with God, a fresh vision or a fresh look at yourself, and a fresh faith. And then you will never again settle for being a nominal, normal believer, insignificant in impact, and a Christian in name only. 
you will be a phenomenal believer. Extraordinary, supernatural, exceptional, unusual, out of the ordinary, radical, revolutionary, even peculiar to the world. 1 Peter 2.9 But you are a chosen generation, a, pro a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Different, you know, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. In other words, his own special people, a people for God's own possession, a people who belong to God, God's very own, a people who have been acquired by God through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That makes us different. There are many things we don't have control over in life, but we can control the passion, the intensity with which we live our lives, and who we live our lives for. We can decide to walk away from ordinary and become extraordinary. We can decide to watch no longer settle for normal, which is far below the life God has planned for us. We can decide to walk in the supernatural while living in the natural. And we can walk away from complacency and pick up the challenge God has placed before us to win the world one person at a time. So we must make a decision, and only we can decide for ourselves. Are we going to be nominal or phenomenal? Are we going to be like the world or different than the world? Are we going to be normal or infectious? Cold or passionate? Settling for the status quo, which by the way means the mess that we are in, or world changers? Resting on our sanctified backsides or onward Christian soldiers? Regular, nice people, or radical revolutionaries? Nominal or phenomenal, each of us must choose. And I believe God is asking us to do just that. So, if you would like to take this teaching further, then I have nine questions for sleepy and nominal Christians. If not, you can just turn the tape off the recording off, and we're done. But if you're really interested in moving forward in your walk with Jesus and becoming phenomenal, supernatural, then there are nine questions for sleepy and nominal Christians you might want to consider. And I'll just read them out and go through them without commenting. Number one, how real has God been this week in your heart? Number two, how clear and vivid is your assurance and certainty of God's forgiveness and his fatherly love? <clears throat> Number three, are you having any particular seasons of sweet delight in God? Number four, do you really sense God's presence in your life, active in your life every day? Number five, have you been finding scripture, your Bible, to be alive and active in your life? Making changes, transforming you by the renewing of your mind in the word. 
Number six, are you finding certain biblical promises extremely precious and encouraging? And if so, which ones? Because if they're speaking to you, that's God saying something. Number seven, are you finding God challenging you and calling you to something different, something new, through the Word as you read your Bible? And in what ways is that true? Number eight, are you finding God's grace more glorious and more moving now than you have in the past? And number nine, are you conscious of a growing sense of evil in your heart and in response a growing dependence on and grasp of the preciousness of the mercy of God? Are you conscious of a growing sense of evil that's happening in the world, but do you sense that in your heart? And in response, are you feeling or sensing a growing dependence on God, on the mercy of God? And are you understanding how precious that mercy really is? Nine questions for sleepy and nominal Christians.